Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a Bible geek like I am, uh, you'll be interested in this question from our old pal Scott Nick, uh, asked way back on June 10th of this year. He says, I have occasionally heard or read New Testament scholars speak dismissively of the Enlightenment or Enlightenment thinking or you might add, the Enlightenment Project, particularly when discussing how historians ought to regard the miracle stories. I just finished a book by Marcus Borg and N.T. Wright, The Meaning of Jesus, in which Wright treats the Enlightenment as if it's something that went out with the ringer washer. Granted, I don't get out much, but just when did rationalism and empiricism fall out of favor among historians? Seriously, are the values of the Enlightenment really considered passé by New Testament scholars? Or is this just an attempt by apologists to excuse magical thinking when doing historical reconstruction? Well, Scott, I think you just answered the question uh, pretty succinctly. Uh, yeah, I uh, have huge problems with this malarkey about uh, dismissively uh, speaking of the Enlightenment. There are uh, some postmodern thinkers that do have a point when they talk about this. I'm thinking of folks like uh, Michel Foucault uh, and uh, what's his name, Leotard. I think it was first name for some reason at the moment. Uh, and uh, uh, and of course, my favorite Jacques Derrida. I, I love postmodernism. And they point out, uh, an, or Paul Feyerabend is another great one. These guys say that there's a strange paradox. A lot of them build on the work of uh, Thomas Kuhn with the, the great book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And they say that uh, everybody looks at the data through the lens of one or another paradigm, a heuristic device, and that uh, a tried and true paradigm that stood the test of time whether held by a culture at large or by a group of scientists, whatever, uh, they will, the, the, any paradigm will have ways of dealing with just about everything, even if they seem contrived to those outside the paradigm. Uh, I, for instance, you, if you're arguing with a fundamentalist about inerrancy, and they say, uh, well, and you say, how about uh, the denials of Peter? According to the different Gospels, Peter's talking to different people when he denies Jesus. So that, not that it matters much unless you're an inerrantist, but the 
texts can't all literally be describing what happened. Uh, and uh, I mean, admittedly, a piece of trivia, but that's just where inerrancy uh, comes in. And so Harold Lindzel was the only the latest of many stretching back into Strauss's day that said, oh, well, you see, Mark only picked out, each gospel writer only picked out his favorite denials. All of them happened, and that uh, uh, Peter denied Jesus six, eight, or nine times, depending on which apologist you're reading. Well, that seems kind of ironic, because each gospel says three times. Uh, it's None of them say eight times, and so on. Well, those of us who are not inerrant to say, how can you say that with a straight face. Isn't that obviously ridiculous to you? And they say, in all honesty, oh, no, it's not. Now, why is that? Well, because the criterion of plausibility is a function of the paradigm through which the facts are viewed. Now, the, uh, the, the inerrantist is naturally going to find convincing and revelatory even any reading of the text that would vindicate inerrantism. Like, I, there's got to be some way uh, of making sense of this from the standpoint of inerrancy, and somebody suggests this thing with the eight denials. Aha! I knew it! It sounds very good to them because it's consistent with the principle they start out with. Well, the, uh, the biblical critic says, look, you'd never read ordinary literature that way, and we don't think uh, that theology gives you the right to read the scripture that way. That's, you might as well allegorize it like the medieval Catholics did. And so if you just read it like you would ordinary stuff, you, that seems ludicrous. Uh, and so if you say, well, the gospel writers must have just varied it to make it sound a little better, people do that. Literature, that sounds plausible to me. Well, Okay, uh, postmodernists say that's the way it is with all of these paradigms, no matter what you're talking about. Uh, radical Islam, communism, the Big Bang Theory versus the Steady State Theory, the criterion for plausibility are functions of the paradigm. This means that the paradigms are incommensurable. You really cannot compare them, or more to the point, you can't communicate across their lines. Uh, good old uh, Cornelius Van Til at Westminster Seminary saw this long before the so-called postmodernists did. He said, we believe, a Calvinist, he said, we believe that Jesus Christ is the logos, the rational principle, and therefore what is rational is what is Christian. And we're taking that as read, and uh, we know we can't uh, convince someone who doesn't start with that view of reason, but thinks reason means something else. All we can do is bear witness and preach and invite people to jump ship and come over to join us, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, and so they did, and now that's what postmodernists say. We could never convince the Nazis or Al-Qaeda that they're wrong because there simply is no rational. The Al-Qaeda terrorists would say, look, uh, Sahib, the Quran is the word of God. It says to to, uh, to undertake jihad. It says to treat unbelievers this way. This is the word of God. Why should I bracket that and enter into what you call a zone of rational 
objective neutrality, which I know to be simply an abdication of the truth. It's not neutral. Uh, you're asking me to, to deny my faith and look at it your way. I don't think I'm going to do it. Uh, and so postmodernism says even so-called rational neutrality is one more paradigm. You can choose it. You can operate on the basis of it, but you can't pretend to demonstrate that you alone are right. Now, to a great degree, I'm chastened by that, and I think there, there's a lot to be learned from it. But on the other hand, there are two Achilles heels uh, to it. For one, the standpoint I have just described must also be taken as one paradigm among many, and yet it uh, pretends to adjudicate among all of them. Hey, you, stop your debates. Here's why. Well, what makes it right? Uh, that's the, you know, even the relativist has an absolutist commitment. I know there's nothing to know. Uh, but then on the other hand, we can, in fact, summon people to rational, neutral, objective uh, criticism, at least to try to, to be a rational, uh, that is, to be rational, because all viewpoints do use some kind of reason. Uh, they may claim not to, but they do anyway. Uh, they, you look at any uh, Islamic juridical argument, it's done with the same kind of careful logic the rabbis used or the Greek philosophers used. They just, they're just starting from different premises, but they, they don't just uh, emote. I mean, everybody uses argument. Now, you can call in an anthropologist that will tell you, uh, well, how about the Zambezi tribesmen here, or Claude Levi-Strauss, he would say there are people that are primitive and do not yet think logically, they think symbolically and mythically. All right, I'll, I'll go along with you there. But they're not really the ones in the, the club we're talking about, the ones with articulate worldviews. And here, we all do use reason. It's just that people like to... Uh, to suddenly cut off the discussion when they can't defend something reasonably, then they jump into this kind of, uh, oh, everybody's got their viewpoint, you can't jump out of your own skin. So I think it's a dodge and, and a feint, especially when people like uh, the, the unspeakable N.T. Wrong pull this. Uh, this guy is so sleazy and slimy in his argument. I truly question whether he himself believes what he says. He might actually, and he just uh, comes across to me wrong, like George H.W. Bush, the first President Bush, he probably was telling the truth, but uh, I heard somebody say, he always sounds like he's lying. And I, I came to think that's true, too. He, he sounds like some bad uh, promoter on a commercial. He, he doesn't really have any, any uh, tone of conviction in anything he says. Well, uh, Wright, N.T. Wright, gives me the feeling that he's just giving you the party line, that he's an ad man uh, for orthodoxy, and that uh, he'll come up with any chic-sounding argument uh, he can. And uh, so when he goes to postmodernism, that that's all he's doing, uh, and uh, he he uh, is trying to say, well, you're uh, you're uh, 
you you people that uh, use the method of analogy, the principle of analogy, uh, and do not, as a result, believe in the New Testament miracles, oh, you're just trapped in this passé pre-modernism, or let's just say modernism. Uh, I'm a sophisticated post-modernist, and I don't go along with those old-fashioned ideas of, uh, of rationality and Newtonian physics, don't you know? That's just a pack of lies. He doesn't, it's just a cheap stunt. He's saying, oh boy, we've got a ticket back to pre-critical times. Yippee, now I can go back to believing things I thought when I was three, as Martin Mull once sang. And now nobody can, can gainsay it. Now I've got immunity from intellectual honesty. Uh, Mark Borg is a little bit different. Borg really is a classic liberal theologian. But he, he's sort of influenced by New Ageism and, and bogus science, all this uh, Deepak Chopra kind of crap, uh, or as we theologians refer to it as Bullgeschichte. Uh, and uh, Borg wants to believe Jesus was a shaman and that he really could do miracles. And so he is in a kind of a fuzzy postmodern state. Right isn't. Right is just cynically using that rhetoric. Uh, I am afraid that my buddies uh, Paul Eddy and Greg Boyd are doing the same in uh, their book, The Jesus Legend. They, they, they are arguing supposedly for a kind of epistemological affirmative action position. Oh, we can't uh, leave out of the discussion uh, the view of the Hottentots over here who believe in witchcraft. Uh, so how can these uh, antique uh, believers in old-style rationalism do that? It, it's just so pathetic. Uh, it's, it's so dishonest. And it's so futile because uh, here is someone making, it's like they're, they're posing as the church of what's happening now. I mean, they, they are saying, oh, yeah, we're just surfing on the tide. We're good postmodernists. Uh, you're not with it, man. Uh, and it's, it's just sickening to see this kind of dishonesty. Uh, and uh, the, uh, as you know from listening to the Bible Geek and from reading good stuff, I recommend that uh, the principle of analogy has nothing to do with naturalistic presuppositions. It has nothing to do with a belief that miracles can't happen. There is no supernatural being. It doesn't get into questions like that. Uh, and uh, to quote Obama, uh, those things are matters for a higher pay grade mere historical critics get into. Uh, and... Uh, so uh, it, the rationalism and empiricism have not fallen out of favor among historians. It's just that these people would like, these guys are just theological swindlers, and, uh, and they're just, they'll use any argument they can to sell you the car. So thanks, Scott, for a good question. And for lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.